Welcome to Kick Back and Chat Shit, the most relevant football podcast on air. We chat about the latest results, trends and storylines in the Premier League. This is football commentary at the highest level. If you're ready, kick back and listen to Max and Mike chat their shit. Let's go in three, two, one. Yo, what's going on, people? Long time, no chat. It's Mike G, it's Max Oldham, and it's Kickback and Chat Shit. And we're back after a brief hiatus. Summertime is a good time to be alive, and uh, we got caught up in the sauce a little bit, so we neglected our duties. But we're back, and uh, we're really happy to be here. So thank you for joining us. Mike, we're shaking. Man, man, nothing much, man. I'm actually at Max's house right now, his childhood home. Um, yeah. just ch- chilling, you know, his parents are away right now. So, you know, sometimes we just walk around bucketing it. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I know, um, uh, Mr. Nees. Hey, me casa uh, is su casa. Hey, I know, uh, Mr. Nees and, uh, Uncle Rue wouldn't really like that. <laughs> We're like, what are you doing in the house? <laughs> the neighbor saw you through the window walking around naked. <laughs> Imagine if you did that and my aunt or uncle turned up. <laughs> oh sh- hey to be fair they did turn up one time when we uh were just chilling you know at the house so it's just a bit funny now nah, man but you know just uh summer vibes chilling i know we've been gone for a minute we've been gone for a minute you know it's uh it's not a good thing because there's so much football on we're not really you know giving to the people what's going on i think the thing was is that there was so much that i think we just got a little bit lost in it and like we couldn't really keep up with the pace of the amount of games that were on mm. with with the Euros, with Copa America, and now we got the Gold Cup and the Olympics, which is mad to say because beforehand we said it was the summer of football. It's still the summer of football, but we completely <laughs> missed out the Olympics. Uh, I, I'm not really, I'm not paying attention to the Olympics to be honest with you. Maybe, maybe it might be easier for you because of time's sake, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not staying up at one o'clock to watch U twenty three play football. I mean, maybe the final, but. I'm cool. Fam. There's some there's, there's some decent players in the Olympics, man. I wouldn't sleep on it. I know. The final, Danny Alves. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Danny Alves, 38 <laughs> years old, trying to get that doing gold the, medal. Doing the stuff, man. Completely off topic, but I was um, I was at home hungover today. I'll be honest, and I was sitting on the sofa, and you know, I was flicking through YouTube, and the Olympics channel showed up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I was watching Usain Bolt's uh, like past three Olympics. Has there ever been an athlete as dominant as Usain Bolt in football? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you think so? As dominant. Um, I mean, when it well, goes- he won the 100 meters by like t- 10 yards. I mean, sometimes you watch like some messy highlights. You're like, this guy really has it for as long as he's been doing it. Granted, that's true longevity. Yeah, I mean, Ronaldo's world, you can say that. Um, but I mean, he he basically he's never lost in the Olympics. Uh, I mean, he, he they have one that was taken away because someone did some uh, performance enhancing drugs in the relay. But uh, other than that, that's a shame. Other than that, he was nine for nine. <laughs> nine for nine, yeah, gold medal thing, and I mean it's hard to compare because it's, it's a team's, you know, it's not really a team sport like football, 
Um, but but he did win the relays. That's team. Yeah, it is team. But it's it's you still Usain Bolt. They could be losing by ten meters. He's gonna catch whoever's <laughs> in the front. I mean, it, it, hey, it could be a team of me, you, your mom, and then Usain, and, and we're still gonna win. <laughs> I yeah, guarantee good, gold. <laughs> good point. Good point. But yeah, man, it was it was amazing to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just have so much admiration for him. Obviously, he's a Man United fan, so that makes him even better. He tried his hand at, at the footy. He tried it, you know, played down in Australia. Didn't quite work out for him. Apparently, he's really good at cricket as well. So, Is it? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, in the West Indies, they love it. Yeah, multi-talented, boy. That's crazy. But multi-talented, it... like Chinese assassin. Yes, sir. Hey, that's one of the best DJs ever. If you guys never heard of him, check up Chinese assassin. I mean, he really puts it down. This one mix, though. This really one mix that Max and I fell in love with. Still in love with. <laughs> Chef, chef's kiss <laughs> Chinese assassin hey man we should get that on the intro track big dance hall tunes kick back and chat shit and Chinese assassin collaboration anyway onto the football we had the Euros we had the Copa America some incredible football was played some major storylines happy and sad um what are your big takeaways? If you had to, if you had to boil it down to three takeaways from the past two tournaments, hit me. Messi has done it. It's number one. Messi has done it finally. <laughs> dot, <laughs> dot, 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 finally. Um, number two, I would say, um, hey, it's coming Rome. It's coming Rome. <laughs> But then, it went. It went wrong. That motherfucker went. <laughs> it, yeah, my bad. It went wrong. And then number three, uh, racists are gonna racism. <laughs> racism is gonna. It's it's. Yeah, I think those are the three takeaways for me right now when it comes down to it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. What about yourself? I would say, firstly, I have come to the conclusion that my preferred format of football is international tournament football. 100%, 100% um, for various reasons, mostly just because of the passion that was yeah. shown by the players on the pitch. Like I, you just can't replicate that in the club game. Um, two, Messi is the greatest player of all time. Undoubtedly. I, no one can say shit anymore. And, <laughs> and three. It was a follow up with the World Cup, but okay. And three, uh, I'm very proud to be English. So that's my third one. I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud because in spite of some idiots, like we said, racism is going to racism. The way the country has galvanized after this, with yeah. the new generation of people, I'm hopeful that we are, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that we're moving in the right direction. And I think that we've got the right people to lead it. Um, got you. But I, I do want to just say that the Euros was an incredible tournament, and I think the Italians were by far the most worthy of winners. Um, so, unfortunately, it went to Rome instead of coming home, but hands up, you know, the best team won. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Italy, by far, um, was the best team from beginning to end. I would say, actually, yeah, beginning to end. They had a few, like, kind of dips, in a sense, and I really think that England still should have came away with it 
I question Southgate's tactics. I still do. I still do. I, I've thought about it. Line. I've uh, I've watched the highlights. I've watched a bit of the first half again, and I just don't understand how you can be so dominant and then just basically go back into a shell like a turtle. Um, it's it's very bothersome because of the amount of attacking prowess that England has, the amount of players that they could have brought on the pitch at certain times, the penalty decision making of putting in Rashford and Sancho in the last minute. Um having but having Bukayo like take the um take the PK from me is fine. Like it doesn't bother me at all because he was in the match. He probably felt confident. Probably was doing his stuff in training. It is what it is. Um because if Sancho and Rashford score, he doesn't even take a he doesn't even take a pen. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it, those are the things like for me. It's just like keep going back to it and thinking that Yes, Italy was the best team, but this by far was the best chance for England um, to really um, capitalize. I mean, yeah, no I mean, way. yeah, hundred percent. They'll never have another chance like that to play the final at home as well. To have it's, come through the tournament without conceding a, a goal from open play as well, and 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 they, I think they traveled the least amount of any team. Yeah, they probably did. Yeah, they probably did. So all the cards were in their favor, and I think, I think, I don't think the squad is going to be any worse next year, next December for the World Cup. But you know, playing away from home, playing in a a different climate, playing against different opposition, you know, you're going to be coming across African, Asian, South American teams that they probably aren't used to. Different styles yeah. of play. I don't know how they're really going to deal with that. Um, I think England did a lot of things really well in the tournament, but I think, mm. I think, the mo- the most ridiculous thing, like you said, they didn't play to their strengths. They got to the final playing a style of football that, if you asked any of those players how they would have wanted to play, none of them would have was none of them would have said that way. Yeah, and they still got yeah. to the final. Yeah. So there's positive foundations there if you look at it from, you know, a progression standpoint. Semi final of a World Cup final of the Euros, you know, they're moving in the right direction. But the key but, like you said, that was that was the that was the fucking chance. Yeah, that it definitely was. It definitely was, man. Um but I like I know like the top eleven players and things like that. So what is it what do they call it? The um the best eleven of the tournament. Best 11. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It came out and everything like that. But we've talked about many players that have excited us, you know, probably on the past Euro uh, recap. Just between um between the, like the both of us, but who was one player that m- maybe didn't get the limelight that they should, but it's just incredible to you? In um, that yeah, I think well, <laughs> there's two two players that I think really deserve a shout out. One is Spinazzola from Italy, the left back who didn't play in the final. He didn't play in the semifinal either, did he? No, he didn't. And, and remember I told you, I said that if Spinozola was playing, there's no way England wins. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're probably right. I mean, he was <laughs> incredible. And the way that the way that Italy tactically shifted between attack and defense, where his positioning on the pitch when he was in attack, because you have to remember he's right-footed. So he goes and plays up in line with the strikers, allows Lorenzo Insigne to hug the touchline. And the way that he kind of floated through the game, but his energy, 
his desire to get up and down the pitch, the speed. I mean, you know, he had everything. He had the physical attributes and the technical attributes. So I think he was probably the guy that caught my eye the most. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Achilles, Achilles injury. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then I, th- I, you know, the other person I, w- I would say is uh, Raheem Sterling. I think he deserves mm. masses of credit for the way that he performed. I think his contribution on the pitch, which was differing from his World Cup performances, is that even though he might not necessarily have provided a goal and an assist every game, he yeah. was integral to every good thing that England done. So like the goal that Harry Kane scored against Ukraine, he he laid the ball off for Luke Shaw to cross and yeah. that type of shit. And he was a leader on the pitch as well. Um, yeah, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. So those are, the, yeah. those are my two. I think that's, I think that's fair. I, I, I would definitely say that I think um, Raheem was a bit he was running to the ground um coming into the you semis could see it the you finals. could see it at the end yeah. Huh? yeah yeah it's just he just didn't have the <clears throat> and you know what italy really played the game to say that if anybody's going to beat us it's not going to be raheem sterling they and i think do you think did. that was a tactical decision to like kind of mark him like that I, I think so i think so like when you really think about like you said everything good for england was going through raheem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it was going through raheem and that's why i think that the switch the switch of like putting sancho on to where now it's like you have to worry about sancho and raheem changes yeah. things um yeah. or even putting rashford you know up front stretching stretching yeah. the field a bit making things you know we can Which go I, on yeah. and on we can go on and on about that um because i i think that the way that harry kane was uh was playing there was no outlet, especially in the second half when it came down to yeah when it came when it came down to the possession. Possession was all Italy. When you're kicking the ball up, let's say Harry Maguire or somebody Luke Shaw kicking the ball up, there's no one up there because Harry Kane is he's so far. He's, he's so, so far, far back, and you know you, you have one you have one you know good ball that's played. Rashford can um, definitely beat out Benucci, uh, yeah. You know on a, on a one v one or something like that. So. On a, or a 50-50 bull. So, I don't know, man. It's shit. This shit just upsets me so much because I really wanted England. I wanted, I wanted to see, like, photos, videos of you probably running through the street butt naked. <laughs> I would have done it. I would have done it, man. I mean, the country was was electric for the whole thing. And, you know, I had I got memories, you know, forever now from, from watching the matches and seeing everyone get involved and having the fans back in the stadium – um, and yeah, yeah, to see the togetherness of the country was incredible. But then the heartbreak was so painful. But what was more painful was the reaction of, you know, some people to that heartbreak. And like you said, racism has come back again. Um, and that was the most disappointing thing for me. Um, and I don't really know what to say about it other than it just seems like Shit, shit seems to be getting better, and then, you know, yeah. this 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 happens again. Like, so I fuck? have a question. I have a question for you. Um, when it comes down to like, you know, the support, like you said that, you know, you really love the format of international football. Like the whole country yeah. is back. You, the whole country puts their differences aside to say that you know I'm a United fan. I'm a uh, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm a Norwich City fan. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And you come together and say that, well, we're supporting England together. And they're like, no better feeling to be like arm in arm, hand in hand with, you know, with your with your fellow mate in a sense. Yeah. But 
why does it why when you're supporting you're support like you're excited when Raheem Sterling scores you're excited when um Sancho dribbles past somebody puts a cross in and you know there's a goal why is the first thing to think about like you're cheering these people on that when you lose the first thing is like yeah they, these are my countrymen but you know what f them fuck them i'm gonna put some racist shit out there but if yeah. they if they if they win it then it's a whole different story. Like why? Like how can how can you be racist and support these players when they're doing well for your country, and then not support them when they're doing terrible? Like I don't understand that. Like I don't, is- I don't understand it either. I mean, and the, the thing is, is I think I think it's the it's the default of a lot of people mm. because it's the one thing that separates them from the person saying it got you so like what else could they say to them other than something about their skin there's nothing else that they could say to them like you're a terrible person or you're you're shit at football because obviously they're not i mean they're gonna yeah. say all that anyway yeah but i feel like all right firstly some people are just flat out racist and ignorant and, and and they probably always felt that way. But I think there's also a large proportion of people that when they say something racist, they say it because they know it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's where their mind goes is sickening. Yeah. It's sickening. The fact that your mind goes, okay, how can I, how can I say something as, as hurtful and as, as stinging as possible? Oh my, I'm going to, I'm going to say something about their, their skin, you know, about, their ethnic background or something. It's just, uh, it makes my skin crawl that people think that way, but yeah, and that is what it is. They, and, but when they score, they're praising them. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it you know, and it, so they're not real. They're not real. Those aren't the real fans. And another thing that really surprised me was that I, I did a lot of reading on it. And a lot of the abuse that came to these players on social media was coming from people from other countries as well. Really? Yeah. Which I thought was surprising, but equally disgusting that there were that many racist people out there just waiting for a chance for someone yeah. who black to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> and, you know, not to take like the seriousness out of this uh, topic, but I can't lie to you, as soon as they missed... You knew. I, I, I knew. I said, uh, and I, I tweeted, and I said, uh, um, they're never going to let these guys take the knee any longer after this shit. <laughs> I mean, it, it's <laughs> it was funny to me because I knew it was coming, and maybe just because I'm like a black man, I'm just like, damn, the two white guys made it, the three black guys missed it. It's about to go, it's about to, it's about to be terrible, especially yeah. if they lose. Um, and then, you know, with Bukaya missing the last one, I was like, fuck. I already know. I already know. Like as soon as I hopped on Twitter, you saw it. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, it's the same shit. It's the same shit over and over. But now, obviously, the racism is inexcusable. There's no forgiveness for it. Like Gareth Southgate said after the, but the way. There was support for Marcus Rashford afterwards, people yeah. coming back to, to show that support. There was also a mural of um, Sancho, Saka, and Marcus Rashford as well that people were throwing loads of support out for. Um, yeah. And I think 
I think the media likes to focus on the terrible things that happen, but I think you need to take, you need to look at both sides. Yes, there are horrible people out there that are racist and they need educating and correcting. But I think the rest of the support for those players as well doesn't, um, shouldn't be overlooked. No, and I, but I think I I would definitely say that they they did a lot showing about, like showing a lot of the good things that people have been doing uh, when it comes down to it. I mean, even even the actor God, I can't remember his name, but the Ted yeah, Lasso Jason's, actor, yeah, it's, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even him kind of wearing that, it's like, all right, yeah. cool, standing stand in solidarity. You saw, like, even the murals that were defaced in Manchester. People were yep. coming together and, you know, kind of showing love for these players. So I'm not going to say it, but I just think that the ugliness of this is is the reason why the, is the reason why these guys kneel, is the reason why they want to speak 100%. up and, and, and do all this. Like, they're kneeling before the game, and you have England fans that are booing them, you know? Yeah. And, and I would say that even with Italy, even seeing Italy, being able to take the knee with um, with England at the at the beginning of the match, you know, to me that was special. Um, yeah. They don't even do they don't even do that shit here in the in the U.S. And I feel like U.K. and some of these other countries, Lukaku, like he knows before every single game. I mean, mm. I mean, you just see these players kind of saying that you know what, it, it doesn't matter if it started in the U.S. or the, like the Black Lives Matter, or all this stuff has started. Like we're going to keep on doing this because there needs it's to be good. some sort of fixing. And it's not yeah. just like it's not just a visual thing any longer. It's just like no, this is something that needs to happen. You know, game after game, day after day, something that we need to speak about. So I think the ugliness, yes, it sucks to see it, um, but we also need to know, like, hey, I'm I'm glad that the the UK the UK government are starting to do things to say, like, hey, you're doing racist abuse. You find out you're doing that, you can never go to a, to another football match. You can't, yeah. you know. Trying to find ways to really, you know, to, to implement well, and and really stand by these players. The, the government actually was was really poor in their support for the. For I know, the I know, I know, so, I know, hundred percent. So and and you know, I'm not even going to get into that because we could be talking about this all day. But I agree <laughs> with you. I think the most important thing was for that people our age, younger, we already knew while they were kneeling. The people that didn't understand why they why they were kneeling saw it firsthand. Yeah. They knelt before every game because they knew that there was going to be at some point some racist abuse was going to happen, and yeah. equality is a must. And a global fight against racism is the most important thing. Racism 100%. in the U.S. is the same as racism in Belgium. It's the same as racism in Italy. So yeah. having all of these players and having these type of leaders to keep that going, even in the, even in the face when people are booing them, telling them to stop is incredible. But one thing I did like is that when they were booing more people at the ground, at the stadium were cheering them on afterwards. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I think in the beginning that wasn't happening, but as the tournament went on, more people were getting behind it. And I think understanding. So although, there was that that hiccup or whatever, I mean, you know, that that kind of um, reminder of what they were fighting for. I think, like you said, seeing other people like Lukaku and, you know, Rashford and Bukayo Saka and all these things, it's really pushing it forward and, and making more people aware of it. And I think that can only be a positive thing. 100%. 100%. I mean, it, it's great to see. And, uh, you know, we'll, like, you, like, hey, we never, we're never going to be quiet on this matter. Um, that's something that we're just going to keep on pushing. 
as much as as long as we can educate folks, we can talk about it. We'll bring it up because, you know, it's something that plagues our communities, plagues sports, plagues the world. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I believe racism is a sickness at the end of the day. You know, we talk about the COVID, COVID-19 and that um, pandemic. I mean, racism is a pandemic as well. So um, epidemic, pandemic, whichever one you want to use. Yeah, um, racism it, has been the, the longest stain on our on our human history. Right. I mean, yeah, man. So, yeah, like you said, we're not going to stop until we're going to do everything we can while we're here on this earth to uh, to educate and, and, and fight back against it. Um, yes, and, sir. you know, hopefully football can be a way of making that change. Yes, sir. The, you know, the world sport. But with it being the world sport and we always talking about the world's greatest player, the person that we love, but he just can't win a championship. He can't win a title. He can't bring anything home. <laughs> But he finally has, you know, this is Max's. This is Max's guy, and we're going to talk about Senor Messi, and one of the Sen- worst finals I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Bro, do you know how late I stayed up to watch that match? I stayed up until three in the morning, hoping that Senor Lionel Messi could do it, and they barely fucking did it. But they finally got over the line. Argentina Copa America winners for the first time in I think 27 years. Um, Lionel Messi winning his fifth international final after failing so many times. Um, he didn't have a good game though. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. He won his what? Fifth international title? No, no. His first title in his fifth uh, final. That gotcha, he lost gotcha. four before that. Okay, okay. The way you said it, it just seemed kind of kind of funny to me. But no, he did not play well. But uh, he was on the pitch. Supposedly, he had a very, very bad injury that he was dealing with. Well, he had an incredible tournament. He was he, he was the he was the leader in all statistical offensive categories. You know, goals, assists, chances created. He single handedly got his team to the final. Um. Uh, and- I wouldn't say that. All right, that, well, goal, that, that, that goal in the semi semifinal um, by his uh, by his Conrad in like the ninety third minute, ninety fourth minute. God, I can't remember his name. Do you not remember that goal? No, I don't remember the goal. Oh, Bumba Jumba! Um, goodness gracious, I feel. Oh, so was it bad. Rodrigo De, Rodrigo De Paul? Did he yes. score it? The yeah. one that he, he brought onto his right foot and then pushed yeah, it, yeah, pushed yeah, it yeah, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then took him to the final. That was that. I wouldn't say Messi did it all by himself. He played amazing. Well, he played amazing. He did it. I mean, I can't believe he's thirty-four years old, but he finally did it. Um, yeah, what a moment! I mean, to see. Did you see like the relief on his face when he won it? Like, of course. I mean, of, uh, this 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 is something that has been weighing heavy, heavy on him. No matter no matter what you say. No matter how many international, I mean, excuse me, domestic titles that he wins with uh, Barcelona, whatever, there's nothing that is going to like take the stress off your shoulders of winning, of actually like now winning it for your country. Because you just talked about it. You said playing for your country, there's no better feeling, right? Yeah. And he wants Not to bring something home. But... Um, I... <laughs> All right, this <laughs> we both haven't we both haven't done it, but you know we know we know how much it means like to the country like to the you know to the country of England, um to the yeah. people of England like if you guys would have won it so we know how much it means for Messi and you know all of Argentina 
So yeah, man, he was uh he was amazing during the whole tournament. I just I'm just upset to say that for it to be Brazil and Argentina and Brazil, for it to for the final to just kind of be played like that, it was kind of disappointing. It was disappointing, but I think rivalry matches, you know, because that's probably one of, if not the biggest international rivalry there is. Um and the whole tournament, the standard of football was actually really poor for numerous reasons. That tournament probably should never even have happened because of the COVID crisis in Brazil, the lack of infrastructure, the pitches had just been laid maybe a week before they were playing. People were slipping, falling, all pitches sorts of were terrible. madness. Madness. They they would have been better off playing at Alameda Point on those pitches than... <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> real, real OGs from the Bay can play because we played on those pitches. If you can play on that, you can play on anything. And with all the goose shit, that shit, the ball be bobbling. You know how many goals I've? You know how many goals I've missed? I put it like straight into the corner, and it goes do 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 left right left right boom hits one, and it's like you know just just uh, wide. God, nah, but um. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that great of a tournament. I watched plenty of the matches as well. Um, more so, like the I would say, like the last match of the of the round of the group stage, and then after that, I probably watched every single match from there. But it, it's nothing like the Euros. It's it's kind of crazy to me that the standard, especially with some of these clubs, you just I mean, mm. just some of these countries, you just expect them to be like. You, know, you see Brazil playing the World Cup. It's a different type of football. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't. I don't know what it is. Like Copa America is, I would say that the way that the games are refereed are much different than the Euros yeah. or even even the Gold Cup that I've been watching. It's like much. You can you can feel that lat that Latin flavor. That's mm. what it is. Like that spiciness. You can just feel that. <laughs> you can feel that through the whole through the whole match. It, like they sprinkle a little bit crazy. of chili on top, huh? No, hundred percent, hundred percent, bro. I mean, but it, it's fun to see. I think it's just great to just see like the the pride and the joy that these players have playing for their country, um, yeah. and the heartbreak. And I mean Neymar, Neymar, he played in some of the matches amazing as well. Um, I thought he was going to be able to bring it home for Brazil. That's the crazy thing. Neymar hasn't won an international tournament for Brazil either. He won the actually. I take that back. He won the Olympics, but a lot of people don't consider mm-hmm. that to be like the pinnacle no, of football. They, they don't count that anymore. So. And Messi's won the Olympics as well, but that's it. Like, yeah. They don't count that either. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's U23s. You can't, you can't count that. It's not, yeah, but you it's, can have some overage players. Yeah, anyway. It's, it's still U23s, bro. Anyway, it was great to see Messi win. His contract situation at Barcelona, for those that don't know what's going on at Barcelona, it's an absolute shit show. So I don't even... Things are still up in the air if he will even play for them next year. That's a story for another day. But we're moving on. We've still got the Gold Cup to come. And there's a very, very big game tonight, I take it. Yeah. We got the Reggae Boys, Yardmen, Jamaica. (laughs) And we got the United States of America battling out for the semifinal spot. Is it going to be Red Stripe and Reggae, <laughs> or is it going to be Stars and Stripes and good old American Coors Light? 
<laughs> I was searching for one. I couldn't think. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. Uh, man, you know, you know what? I felt I, I've been watching the matches. I've been seeing the U.S. and they have a lot of young players. And I can't lie, like these players have gotten better and better um, within the tournament. Um, I don't know. I don't know any of these players probably except like <laughs> um, Sebastian Leggett, uh, Giassi Zardes. And a few, a few others sprinkled in here and whatnot, but it. We'll see, we'll see. I, I really don't have any. I really don't really have an opinion on what's going to happen. I just more so just want to see a good match. Um, and I would just, I just want to kind of say like, that there's levels to this shit to where it goes. Euros, oh my gosh, you just watched it on TV. It's amazing atmosphere. Yes, yeah. fucking say woo. Then you go, then you go ahead and watch Copa America. It's okay, it's okay, and there's no fans. Then he watch, then he watch the Gold Cup. Be like, God damn, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> it's not. It's just you see things that you would not see in. Yeah, you know, you, you see mistakes, you see passes, you see, you know, kind of like it just doesn't have the same flow. And I would also mm-hmm. say that the amount of money they put into just like you watching a um, the Euros compared to when you're watching like the Gold Cup, it just looks mm-hmm. different. I don't know. I don't really know if if that what, makes like sense. The, too. Maybe it's the quality of cameras. Who who knows? But I, and also the angle of the matches. You know, when you're watching a match, like some places they shoot things differently. Um, yeah. So you, when you're watching like a prem match, you're like, oh yeah, this is how it should be watched. And then you go sure. watch a, um, let's say you're watching Boca Juniors, and then you got the damn fish eye view. And you're just like, man, who the fuck got the ball <laughs> and shit. Uh, <laughs> why is that so true? I swear to God, if you watch any game. In Mexico or Argentina, that shit's in the stars. I don't know how the fuck they're filming it. <laughs> so um, no, but I want to. I, I want to see an upset. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I want the reggae boys just to, uh, you know, do their stuff. You know, Leon Bailey. That's the only guy I, I could. Oh no, 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 no. Leon Bailey. They got the other guy from um, the 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 tiger tiger looking guy. What's his name? Bobby Deca Dover. Yep, Bobby. <laughs> Decadova Reed, they've got him. I I really want to see Canada make it for. I want to see Alfonso Davis do his thing. It's not even later. playing. Is he not playing? Ankle injury. See, you're not even you're not even up to date, bro. No, I mean he can jumbo. Get, he is this is this is this a football is this a football <laughs> podcast or what, fam? Like, he, can, oh. he can get he can get healthy nah. for the final. He can get Byron's Byron's not going to let him. Byron's not going to do that, man. I think that's the same thing with a lot of the U.S. players. Um, I think it's actually a pretty serious ankle injury, but it's the same thing with a lot of U.S. players um, that are playing overseas. These clubs are like, fuck that, man. We're not going to let you guys play. Um, you spent all this money, like Pulisic, Pulisic isn't playing. Um, who else? Weston McKinney's not playing. Giovanni Reina's not playing. I mean, the list goes on and on. You know what's mad, though? Is that it's the 26th of July today. And in less than a month, we've got the Premier League back. We've got the Champions League back. We've got all <laughs> domestic football back. This shit does not sleep. Football never sleeps. I have a I have a hard question for you. Do you think they, these players need to actually have like a two to three month break? One million percent. A hundred, like a lot of these guys. For example, 
Antoine Griezmann played in a preseason game for Barcelona yesterday. That's insane. That's insane. Um, you know, I struggle. I struggle to get through a whole year without getting injured. You know, and I'm not playing anywhere near the level that they're playing at. So, mentally, physically, probably emotionally as well, these guys need to really shut down for a bit. And I think the money and the greed behind, you know, the guys that are running, you know, pulling the strings of these confederations, they really need to look at themselves in the mirror, or you know the footballers need to, to take a stand because injuries are going to happen. The quality on the pitch is going to go down. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw we saw it last year. I think there was a big spike in uh, muscle injuries, um, soft tissue injuries uh, mm-hmm. last year. So we saw that. We saw that already. We're seeing players like Spinazzola having a hell of a tournament. Um, already was slightly like an injury-prone player or labeled as an injury-prone player, torn Achilles. And you see, you know, some of these other players that are kind of going through it. Ham, you saw, we saw a lot of hamstrings. We saw a lot of, you know, calf injuries. You know, players falling down the ground. I mean, we saw it a lot last year as well. I mean, uh, in the prem as well. So, I'm just trying to think, like, what could these players do? What could they have done to to better prepare, or to actually give them a chance to rest? Like, could they have just said, like, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna push, we're gonna push it back by a month. Um, I think forward. that that's one option. I think they could get rid of a lot of the other competitions as well. So like, for example, UEFA have brought in another European competition called the UEFA Conference League. So now you've got <laughs> even more teams playing midweek football in England as well. You've got obviously the Premier League, the FA Cup and the League Cup. The League Cup can go like that. They don't need to be playing these games. Yeah, it, it helps some of the lower league teams make money, but the, the wealth gap between the top teams and the bottom teams is so huge. If they even that out, they don't need to have these extra tournaments, these extra money-making opportunities. Gotcha. The executives at the top of the game don't need to be paid more. They don't need that TV money. So it's, I don't think it's even pushing it back. I think it's just less games. Um, gotcha. and, and also international friendlies. The reason they brought in this Nations League is they said, oh, well, they had this whole ploy saying that we're bringing in the Nations League to make friendlies more competitive. That's bullshit. They brought the Nations League in to make more money for UEFA, more TV money, more people in stadiums. These guys are the top making more, but the yeah. players have to play more games. So that's my rant for the day. <laughs> that's my theory. I could be completely wrong, but I'm sticking to it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, man. But, you know, one thing that I can definitely say that's going to be happening is that we're going to be back on our shit. Podcast coming out. Yes, week after week after week. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell your mom to tell her sister and her brother too, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Like Marshawn Lynch said, again and again and again and again and again and again. There Kick it is, there shit it is. is here, and we're here to stay. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. We appreciate every single one of you that listens. Um, the podcast is coming back, like Mike said. The newsletter will be following up accordingly. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Instagram, Twitter. Thank you, thank you. We'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Peace.